0: Welcome in to the DNBR Avalanche podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Use code DNBR when you sign up for a new account to get amazing odds boost every single day. I'm your host, Rudo, joined by A.J. Haefeli. As uh, been, it was looking like it was going to be a slow day, but uh, news ramped up just around one o'clock here. As, as a bunch of stuff going down in the NHL. All the uh, we'll start with the ab side of things. AJ, I know you guys kind of talked about McKinnon the other day with them saying he's not going to play against Tampa, but he is skating today, did take practice in a no-contact jersey, was out there skating around, and is said to be an option for the first game against Dallas on Sunday, so doesn't look like the Abs will be missing him for too long, that's some good news, Um in other Avalanche news, I, I don't know what to make of these, these quotes, AJ, because it seems like every hockey player says this when they're in a contract year, but Pavel is talking about loving Denver and the hockey team and wants to stay. Do you put any, any real stock into that, AJ, or is that just standard hockey player PR speak?
1: Um, uh, Both, because you don't hear it coming from Nazem Kadri. True. Everybody knows the score with Kadri. <laughs> Everybody knows that he's going to get... A big A dollar.
0: Bad yeah. And
1: that the abs are not going to be the one to cut it this summer. So, uh, everything about Francois's presser today was adorable. The, uh, <laughs> him being so concerned about being stuck at the airport that he mispracticed and him calling Jared Bednar fun. I'm like <laughs> just an endearing guy, right? Like it's, sure. you're just like, Oh, we've been there. Uh, and then, and then him, you know. Hey, it's a it's a contract year. This is about the time of year when front offices start talking to agents uh, for guys that they Looking think they might the want to bring back. Yeah. Especially teams that, uh, uh, especially teams that know they aren't going to be major players at the deadline in moving guys. Um, like you look at um you look at someone like the you know a Dallas or uh, maybe a Winnipeg or an Anaheim guys who have some interesting upcoming UFAs right and they're they're on the bubble of the playoff picture. and uh, you can understand why they may be, you know why they're not having a conversation about extensions because it's like we're we could trade you in a month. So, you know, but, but Franco's in Colorado is a very different situation, especially as, like, the backup goalie, where I've said it before, but if they offered him the same exact contract that he's on, I think that would be perfectly fair, given that he right, missed an right, entire right. year, yeah, and he's played, like, 10 games. <laughs> <laughs> like, you give him a two-year extension off of 10 games, like, big-time trust fall, right? But... You love what you've seen out of him in net. Uh you, you love that he gets along with the he's he's taken to your coaching. He's been great in your community. Uh he's he's done everything that you've asked of him since he came to your organization after coming over from the KHL.
0: Yep. So,
1: it's... you know, I just think that even though even though you're giving him the extension off of just a just a, a couple of games in the NHL this year, you are comfortable with the with the player. In, Certainly, in the everything
0: he's shown in the games that he's been able to play gives you confidence that there shouldn't be any issue with running it back, assuming he's healthy. Yeah, and like I, he could totally
1: uh, justify holding out and saying, "I want to see what the market." Yeah, I want you know can bring to me. I don't necessarily, especially if he has a really strong finish to the year. He he turns thirty two this summer though, so and, like this is
0: not. Uh, Well, and that's kind of the conversation around Francis that you have. Francis, sorry, that you have. Um, From the player standpoint, I don't know that it makes a ton of sense for him to get this deal done early. Right? Because he's saying, I have a chance to prove myself through the rest of the season, make some more money, or potentially even get a team interested in having him as a starter. So. I would be surprised if that deal got done. We early. we say that, but also look at Logan O'Connor. Like when you're comfortable yeah, in a place and
1: and you like being in a place and you like the opportunity, and they that place is willing to give you a little bit of security. Could Logan O'Connor have held out for for more and you know Most and said, please. Hey, I'm gonna take this chance and I'm gonna try and go out and have a 30 point season and get two and a half million or whatever per year. Like, yeah, he could have totally I, done that. But also, you're talking about an undrafted guy who
0: got security. And the thing is, for me, when you're comparing Logan O'Connor to Franzos, you're looking at, oh, O'Connor went to DU and he stayed in Colorado and he wants to stay here. Okay, no big surprise. Franzos literally came across the ocean to come play in North America. It's not like this guy is averse to making significant moves to go play hockey. True. But,
1: but also, like, it's a good organization. He likes it here. He's established here. He's comfortable here. He's now been here for three years. Like, this is where he has spent his time in North America. You know, this is this is where he's been.
0: Well, and I do wonder if there's a little bit of respect there, right? With Franco's missing the time that he did the Avs didn't go out and get a replacement, a proper number two replacement for him. Right. They were getting by on guys like Jonas Johansson and Devin Dubnik, hoping for Frankie to get healthy instead of Frankie coming back. And suddenly he's in the AHL again. So, yeah, I, I do think it is a little bit of a two way street there. And I could totally see Frankie wanting to stay here at, at the end of the day. That comes down to player preference, right? It's, it's yeah. his decision to make. Yeah, and like, the goaltender carousel spins every
1: single year. Oh yeah, for sure. And so you know he could he could easily go have a strong second half of the season, go into the market and and you know somebody out there would be willing to Edmonton offer him throws sort of four million dollars at goaltenders yeah, or, constantly. <laughs> I mean Arizona gives him a a three year deal at five million dollars per. Just yeah. so come be our starter or whatever you know like you could talk yourself into that you know or you could just say hey I'm happy where I am. If they came if the avs, if the abs called him up and said, Hey, we'll up this, we'll give you two and a half million for two years. Just enough to keep you around, kind of thing, yeah. And you know that, that raises the expectations a little bit. He's gotta play, he's gotta, he's gotta be good. Two and a half million for a backup is gonna make him one of the more expensive backups. Backups. Like I call him a backup, but like he's played great. Like he's played great. There's I guess I guess I'm 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 kind of just mentally discounting the fact just because Darcy Kemper's been so good recently that that just takes his job. But yeah. like I guess there's a world where Frankie just outplays Darcy Kemper down the stretch and the ads are like, all right, that's our
0: guy now. The only real hole, I think, for Frankie's resume right now is you haven't seen him go for an extended stretch against quality competition yeah and really dominate yeah that's that's about the only hole is is you have questions about can he do it over a long-term stretch because we just haven't seen it because it was grubauer now it's kemper that that is playing well as his tandem mate so yeah and
1: i mean you he's never he's never like proven it yep. as like a as like the guy uh, he's always been in sort of the backup, the backup role. Gets the easier then, games. Also gets unbelievably good goal support. By the way, yeah, right, right. <laughs> uh, has won a lot of a lot of his worst games. He got bailed out by some some impressive goal scoring. So, yeah. um, yeah, no, I think that that's you know just that conversation. I think that's an interesting. Yeah, he think... could he could totally and this is this is where it's funny because we always just make these decisions for players. Right. <laughs> oh, just do this or do that or whatever. Like Claude Giroux come totally getting traded at the deadline. Well, if Claude Giroux decides he doesn't want to get traded, Claude Giroux not going anywhere. <laughs> you know? Like yeah, like we're going to talk about Montreal a lot today. Yep. That's
0: why the headline was what it was. Main topic of the show. We're getting there. We're getting through the news first.
1: Yeah. We're just kind of working our way through some math stuff first here. Uh, I, I mean, it's this, this question is just a little too black and white. It depends on the goalie. It depends on the team situation. It depends on There's a million so factors. factors. Yep. Yeah. It depends. It depends on a million factors. Uh, a guy like, a guy like Franco's a guy like even a guy like Kemper. I mean, Darcy Kemper has got a great reputation right now because he had one or two awesome years in Arizona, but Outside of that, like he's he's totally
0: unproven yep. in the postseason. He's got also, no real track record. Two goalies that clearly have had trouble staying healthy
1: in the yeah. So yeah, you
0: know, it's true. A lot of things to balance there. Um, moving into some other non-AS related news, really quick, a couple of hearings in the NHL player safety world coming out. Uh, one for Brad Marchand, who just straight up punch Tristan Yari in the face and one for Felino for kneeing Adam Lowry after a well, it's kind of still during the fight but they went down to the ice. Um, uh, There was also the news of Andrew Shaw talking about his argument with George Peros. This was from years ago, but he talked about it in an interview. Basically, it doesn't feel like a good look when NHL players are this upset with Peros and player safety as much as the fan base and and everyone else outside the game seems to be like, you understand that that's a thankless job but nobody's going
1: to really like Peros. Nobody's really going to like the job that he does. Right. Everybody's going to be mad about every decision that he makes for sure. But this is a tough spot.
0: Yeah. Not a great place to be in when, uh, when you have players openly coming out and talking how you, it's a problem, that's when you know you're in trouble, I think. That's when some alarm bells start ringing. Yeah. Especially players like Andrew Shaw, who are very much... Their game was always on that edge, right? Yeah. A guy who had to deal
1: with player safety quite a bit. Yeah. yeah. Like throughout his career, because he, he made his entire NHL career out of being a guy that had to live on the edge. You know, he was a little on the small side, so he had to play up to, to make up for it. Yep. He had to bring in, uh, in and that, that extra element in order to, to overcome some of that. And having a guy like that come out and like also like Andrew Shaw was a shithead during his career. So you take it with a grain of salt, right? Like it was like when Dan Carcillo started his crusade against the NHL, you're kind of like, buddy, you're fighting against the very thing that gave you a career. Yeah. You know, like this, it's, it starts off a little hypocritical. And then, you know, now there are so many different things that Dan Carcillo has talked about over the years where, I don't. I don't really feel that way anymore, uh, and I think that his heart's in the right place. He's just sometimes a loose cannon, right? But with Andrew Shaw, it's kind of like you can't. You can't have players like openly going after your department of player safety. Yeah, if they have no trust in that process whatsoever, you have a really big problem. Yeah, because of just... course, of course, teams aren't going to like it, right? Like they're always going to think that their guy. Yeah, didn't do anything and that
0: the other guy murdered their guy and they should get the book thrown at them that on a team basis I get that but from a player to player thing if you have players out there going well I might not get suspended so I'm gonna take my chances that's how you lead to disastrous consequences to hits right mm-hmm. so you gotta tighten up the ship a little bit there I, I think
1: yeah and uh We'll say I think the Foligno one is pretty straightforward. That looks like two or three games to me. Yep, Um, it's dirty. It's predatory. It's it just looks like a penalty.
0: It's just stuff that you don't do, right? You know, like you're just
1: like, all right, this is that one. That one does not jump out to me that much as particularly. Yeah, the 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 Marchand stuff I think is a lot more troublesome in part because. There was this whole narrative around well, he's reformed, right? And you go, he had he had so many suspensions early in his career for doing just, and now yeah, he's gone a really really long time without it. And I thought it was a fair conversation to say, hey, he's figured out how to toe that line, and then you see him completely lose it. Yep just loads up and punches tristan yari right in the face (laughs) (laughs) and then and then like this is an entire night where he just had a bug up his ass yep you know like tristan jari's trying to give a puck to a fan and Marshawn swats it away like that's not obviously not suspendable he's just being dick yep and and then you see him do that you see him just straight up like clock your goaltender right in the head and then he skates away and he jabs him with the stick too. And it's like, what are you doing? Uh, And this is, this is the great example of what I was talking about in, in earlier in the year, when we were, when the ads were involved in several high profile suspension worthy conversations conversations, Yeah, and it was, it was all about hockey play versus not a hockey play, you know, the the Kadri hit the Landeskog hit; those were all suspendable, but they were they were guys playing guys like hitting guys who had pucks.
0: Zero conversation about that at this march end. The play was right. clearly and over.
1: The the play is over, and he just rolls in and smokes your goaltender in the head. Yeah, like rocks him right in the dome, and you're just like, you're not playing hockey.
0: You're not doing anything. You're just being a piece of shit. I I, I want to. Preface this by saying I agree with everything you said. I think it's totally unacceptable for Marchand. But to play devil's advocate for one second, how many times have we seen a goaltender take the blocker and just throw it at somebody? Oh, totally.
1: So to- it sucks, dude. And it's it, there's a reason like that they that they were like, Hey, you can't do that anymore. Yeah. Because you remember, I think it was I think it was Darcy Kemper that yep. did it to, to Landis curfew. to, to back in the day. And Landis Gogg was like, small. yeah, anyway. Landis Gogg was like, yeah, tough guy hit me with his blocker. <laughs> it like I'd, I'd swing away on people too if I had the thing attached it, to my
0: arm. It felt like it happened way too regularly. I'll put it back. Like yeah, I said, like- there was a t- one with Kerfoot a few years back where he took one to the head. Um, Jordan Bennington does it every other freaking game. Yeah, I mean, Jordan. So-
1: that's the there was I saw people talking about it last night. Like, oh, should, you know,
0: what would Bennington have done had that happened to him? And it was like, <laughs> he would have been pretty lit up about it. Yep. He'd have wanted the fake fight like he always does. But.
1: Uh, yeah, it was. I remember, Doom, yeah, Billy's right. It was Dubnik that went on. Oh, it was. You're right. It was yeah.
0: Dubnik. Thank you. Thank you, Billy.
1: I do remember that. That yep. was a good one. It's, it's funny. We've got a, like a laundry list of. Abs
0: wild, just like run-ins over Nonsense. the years. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, it, it's just an interesting conversation. It's one that, unfortunately, I don't think this conversation is going to go away until George Peros is no longer in that job. Well, and then it's just going to change. the The problem that you have with George
1: Peros is that there's been a very clear preference, and that there's been favoritism, yeah. and you can draw a line between. The guys who have supported the violent gentleman organization have gotten lighter sentences. And you can draw like a clear distinction there. Yep. Where those guys those guys have gotten off a little easier than some of the other guys where you know you're like, wow, they really came
0: down hard on that guy. Yeah. I, I... It's gotten to a point where the inconsistencies are so, so obvious um, it, that it can't be just brushed off anymore, right? Yeah. As like, okay, the the meme is you spin the wheel of justice, right? And, and player safety is just super inconsistent. But when you're starting to see those lines get drawn, if some guys get suspended and some don't, that's when you start to have a problem. Uh Anyway, make sure you're taking care of yourself better than the Department of Player Safety is taking care of NHLers. Our next partner has a product that I use pretty much every day. It's called Athletic Greens. I started taking it because it's super easy. It's just a quick drink that has 75 high-quality vitamins, a bunch of minerals, whole food source, superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens. So jump in on it, get in on the Athletic Greens craze, super easy drink that you can just drink for a couple of seconds every day to get all the vitamins, minerals, all that stuff that you need. It's great for athletes. I I have it on good authority that a number of of athletes are taking this stuff and it, it really helps them with stuff like recovery. When you go to the bar, have a good time, have some drinks like me. You get up in the morning, you take this, it gets you going real good to keep you healthy. So you don't put on too much of a a big gut like I'm working on right now, trying to slim it down a little bit. So check out Athletic Greens today. They have a bunch of amazing options. And right now, To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. So it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition, especially heading into the flu and cold season. It's just one scoop in a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements. Just get it all in one. You can go to the athleticgreens.com slash avalanche right now to go and get what you need. Again, athleticgreens.com slash avalanche to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Also. Brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook. You know the good stuff. Go on there. Go get yourself a ton of money. Super Bowl 56. Still right around the way. You get 56 to 1 odds when you sign up with code DNVR. Jump on it. Go get $280 for your $5 bet if you pick the winner of the Super Bowl. Also, if you didn't know, right now they are running a a lottery draw where they're going to give five people a free $1 million bet. On the Super Bowl, you have to win the lottery draw, but chance at a free million bucks from DraftKings. Why not jump on it? There you go. Billy knows what's up with Athletic Greens. Takes care of your body real good. Uh, DraftKings has you covered. It's it's great, great, great fun. If you at least get the two hundred eighty dollars in free bets. Oh, <coughs> excuse me. Couldn't reach the music. Are Why you not? dying? I might be. I Golly, might be. man. Uh, DraftKings, go get a chance at a million bucks. Go get your 280 free bets. Bet on whatever you want. Uh-oh, I'm going to have to cough some more. All right, we made it to the mute button that time. We're good. Uh, <laughs> go over there. Use the dnBR code. Must be 21 or older. Colorado only. Other terms, restrictions, and conditions apply. TheDraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. And, of course, if you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. I wish I was a robot, man. I wouldn't have this cough then.
1: Yeah, right? Could you imagine being a robot and getting sick?
0: Oh, that would be awesome. I guess
1: I, I mean, I guess it's like a virus just like <laughs> like we get viruses, but
0: Yeah. Uh, but that means someone would have had to upload it to me. Yeah. So who's the spy? All right. Anyway. Second period. Birds aren't real people. <laughs> Birds aren't real. Second period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast. The big news of the day the Montreal Canadiens firing Dominique Ducharme for, you know. All right, we try to drink. That should probably help. Maybe, maybe. Struggling right now. Uh, (coughs) Montreal is the worst team in the NHL by. Nearly every metric you can imagine. Even worse than Arizona at this point. So, yeah, they are very, very bad. Ducharme going. Not the biggest surprise in the world, obviously. It's been a
1: tough year, too, because you're talking about a team that lost Kerry Price and Shea Weber before the season even started. Yep. Uh, And then during the season, you have seen... On, on injured reserve, right now, on injured reserve, uh, they have Jonathan Duran, Christian Dvorak, David Savard, Joel Edmondson, Jake Allen, Matthew Perot, and Michael McNiven. That's All right. a lot. Seven seven guys and six of those, I would say, are important players. Yep. And that's that does not count Shea Weber on
0: LTIR,
1: and obviously Carey Price, who's in the player assistance
0: program. I mean... Yeah, say what you want about the quality of goaltender that Jake Allen is, but <laughs> the Habs are starting Caden Primo and Sam Montebeau right now. Monte right. Monte. Like
1: a couple of guys who were decent prospects when they were drafted, and it was like, hey, maybe they could be a good goalie someday. But that's like Jeremy Smith, Calvin Pickard level. Yep. It's really, really bad. Like that's that's a that's a duo that's going to lose
0: a lot. Yeah. they are officially now, as Arizona has made it to 11, the only team with less than double-digit wins on the season, with just eight. Uh, They're about as bad of a hockey team as you can possibly be.
1: Yeah, uh, we came into the year, and I I had talked about Arizona being all-time level of bad because they were built to be that way. Montreal has twenty-three
0: points in forty-five games. Yeah, they're well below a forty-eight point pace so far this season. So right now at 41. Yikes. That's a yikes.
1: They have a negative 79 goal differential. Uh they're somehow. I, I don't know how you're worse than Arizona.
0: Yeah, Arizona there.
1: is furious right now. They tanked for Connor McDavid, only to be outdone by Buffalo. They uh they botched, they lose that lottery, they botch an all time great draft. Yep, with, with the Dylan Strome pick in between a whole bunch of guys who have gone on to be the best players of this generation, and now they're doing it again. They've tanked for Shane Wright, uh, and Montreal. Has somehow bottomed out harder.
0: Out-tanked them again. Un- unfortunate that they keep having this happen to them. But AJ's losing his mind over there. I'm just so impressed at how bad they are. Yeah, it's... Well, and, and what makes it so impressive is how accidental this was, right? Right. They were in the Stanley Cup Finals last season. And you can say what you want about how they got there and they wouldn't have even made the playoffs in a normal year and all of that, but they went from there to literally the worst team in modern NHL history. So and that wasn't even on purpose. Yeah. A real tough spot. Obviously <clears throat> the organization now going under major changes with a new front mm-hmm. office and now no head coach.
1: Yeah. Supposedly the new head coach is going to be announced in a few hours. And I mean, every time it's with the Canadian all know it's it's, Patrick Waugh for sure. (laughs) It's it's always going to be Patrick Waugh, right? Like it's like every time, every time that the Canadians need anybody GM coach, anything, it's like Patrick Waugh time, baby. Yeah. Like, look, Look, I I don't think it will be Patrick Wall for the record. I just the NHL's better with him in it. Uh, I I agree just, with that. It's I'm like, here it's, for the it, the it's, entertainment. It's like when it's like when the Raiders are good in the NFL, right? Like everybody hates it, but you need a villain.
0: Yeah, I'm 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 here for someone to hate. Don't get me like, wrong.
1: Are we like are we are we over Boston being a villain? Just like as a city. <laughs> Like, like, are, are we just, are we just over it by now? It's been 20 years of it. So anyway, uh, what we really wanted to talk about with the Canadians is, wow, they're bad, but how, uh, how can, how can a team like Colorado try and pick them bones?
0: Yeah. And surprisingly for a team that is so terrible, there are quite a few potential interesting targets. It's, it's really weird because it's
1: like, when you look back at the abs sixteen seventeen roster, you're like, okay, well on that roster was what has been one of the best top lines in the yep. NHL since that season, the core like, of that, team all of those guys were, really on that, were, yeah. were on that team, <laughs> you know, like there's, it's, it's just so, it's just so odd. Yep. But then you get going into you get going through that roster, and I've always I've always talked about like look, I would, I would kill for a guy like Brendan Gallagher in
0: Denver. But just not realistic. Yeah. But I,
1: why why you know the, he just re signed there, he has all the trade protection, he's 29 years old, like it's gonna be ugh, that's a that's a lot, right? Yep. Josh Anderson is on that huge deal. Um meh. Like I really like Josh Anderson as a player under no circumstances. Am I about to pay for
0: not that much. That that contract. Long, sure. Yeah. No, yeah. that
1: contract is stupid. Yep. Um, I like the player though. Power forward who doesn't pass and has a really good shot and really likes to shoot. Cool. Know who you are. Lean into it. Right. <laughs> like Mike Hoffman. No, hard, definitely not hard yeah. pass. Okay. Tyler to
0: that's, That's where the conversation
1: starts, yeah. That's an interesting name. He's signed uh, for two more years at $4.25 She's 29 years old. Uh, and you have to expect that every team out West that wants to make an upgrade looking at him is going to at least have him in the conversation and be like, okay, well, uh, uh,
0: uh, uh, interesting, well interesting. And this is a conversation that we teased a little bit, and I'm sure we'll talk more about over the next couple <laughs> of weeks, but if you're the avalanche and you're looking towards the future and thinking maybe there's a world where they can't realistically bring Burakovsky back.
1: Or don't want to
0: or don't want doesn't matter the why or the how. Seems like you might just be able to drop Tyler to in his place. He's he's a guy who's pretty much a lock to give you 45 points a year if he's healthy.
1: Yeah. And he's like a... where he doesn't fit Colorado is how they play.
0: For sure. He's he, not, he doesn't have the legs. Yeah. yeah. He's
1: never been a good enough skater to really play uh, that kind of really aggressive attacking style that Colorado wants to. So stylistically, you're saying he could be a misfit here. Yep. Um. But just like, he's a quality NHL player. he's signed for, he signed for two more years.
0: Yep. And, and you know, he's a little bit of a different look, right? That's, that's a move that you're, maybe making a little bit more long term than your normal trade deadline acquisition.
1: Yeah, obviously him being signed for two more years, that takes a decision off the table for you in the next season. Yep. You don't have to worry about uh you know, you're not having the re resigning conversation or whatever, you know, whatever. You're just not you're just not doing that now because of um the security of having him signed. And at 4.25 for a guy that
0: at worst, would play in your middle six, yeah. Like at worst, it's it's a good price. It's if you are interested in bringing Jonas Donskoy back, you should be interested in Tyler Toffoli. They kind of fill the same same role with Toffoli, probably certainly a little bit more offensive punch potential.
1: Yeah, well, and more reliable, and also a guy, uh, also a guy that has done it in deep playoff runs. Yep. He was a With big reason squash. for yep. he was a big reason for the Kings' success uh in their second run. And he was a big part of the Canadians run, run this last, last year. year. Yep. Um so you know, an interesting conversation, right? Uh and then you start to get into you start to get into a lot of other guys like Yuval Armia is a guy that I've always loved. Uh I, I just love his game. He plays hard. Yep. Uh he's he plays a really punishing style. But he's too expensive for my taste for what he brings offensively. You're he's their JT Confer basically. Uh, I mean, the ABS are getting way more production out of JT Comfort. It's more like he's the really expensive Tyson. The
0: ABS are getting more production out of JT Confer this year. When you look at the previous years of his career, his first couple years in Montreal was pretty Confer esque. But yeah. Anyway, and, uh, and that's if Joel Armia was on a one-year deal, I think that's an interesting conversation.
1: Yeah, or or like a multi-year deal where he's making like two million dollars, cheap on the cheap, sure. Yeah, you're talking signed for three more years at three point four million I mean, dollars at twenty-eight years old. The answer is no.
0: Yep, that's not not going to happen at that point.
1: Um, um yeah, yeah. Uh, a guy like Paul, you know, you're talking Paul Byron. No, the answer is just it's, no. Yeah, just. Not going to give you enough. You know, you get into you know uh, Cedric Paquette, uh, Rem Pitlick. They just claimed off waivers, so you may not even have to wait that long to uh, get another. You get a look at him, then you get into you know like uh, obviously they're not going to move the Caulfields of the Suzukis of the world. I'd be I'd I'd probably make a call on Ryan Paling just to and, see, and I would say Ryan Paling for Martin Couch straight up. Any a interest? Bit of the change of scenery type move, exactly. And see if they'd have any interest in that, because Ryan Paling is a he's a big center that, I don't know, I think you could probably, you could talk yourself into giving a look uh, in your 4C job, which it continues to be a revolving door after they decided to bring up Dylan Sakura and not Mikhail Maltsev today. So, yeah. all right. So we've kind of gone through most of the forwards. Jake Evans signed for
0: three more years at 1.7 as a hell to the nah. Yeah. There's a couple more guys I want to get to. But first, you guys need to hear about Ivaca. Look, we all know there have been uh, significant problems getting the Avalanche and Nuggets on TV here in Colorado. So if you want to solve that problem, Ivaca can do it for you and can do it for cheap. They have altitude sports. You can get it. Right now for $25 a month and $5 a month for their receiver. It's next-gen broadcast technology which allows a vibrant picture quality using far less bandwidth than streaming services. It's a split system where it does use internet, but it also has an over-the-air antenna smart receiver as well. So not only do you get altitude, you get ABC, NBC, Fox, CW, all the national channels too. It's a great system that's super easy to use. Once you're plugged in, you're good to go. It works just like regular TV. Again, you know, since you can't use Comcast here, Avaka is a great option to get your Avs and Nuggets games super duper easily, so be sure to check it out today. Get in on it, Avoca TV. It's. I'm planning on getting it, mostly because I hate direct TV stream. It just doesn't work very well, but you can go to avocatv slash dnvr, that's E-V-O-C-A dot tv slash dnvr to check it out today there's no contracts there's no fees it's just 25 bucks a month plus the five bucks a month for the receiver so go check it out get yourself altitude back on your tv right here right now today and then go get yourself a brick broom to drink while you're watching the avalanche uh you can go get them at the bar of course but also recommend if you're watching an Avs game, go grab a Breck Brew. Make sure you have one in your hand for the first period. Keep the receipt. If the Avs score two goals in the first period, Breck Brew will buy your first beer for you. Just take a picture of the receipt. Go to breckbrew.com, enter their 2 for a brew" promotion. Send the receipt. You get paid back for the beer. <clears throat> Excuse me. Breck Brew is great. I, I really can't recommend them enough. I love their beer. Their Avalanche is perfect for drinking for a hockey game. Uh, go check it out. Uh, Ivaca is not in Canada, unfortunately, it's the Colorado area, but also Phoenix, Boise, uh, and Idaho. I guess Boise's in Idaho, but you know, those general areas. Uh, anyway, check out Ivaca, check out uh, Breck Brew, check out us. Probably a good time to get a DNVR annual membership to check out all of the AVs stuff going on as the trade deadline starts to ramp up. We got a bunch of coverage planned for you. So, yeah, be sure to tune into that. Like and subscribe here on YouTube. Follow everything we got going. Third period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. <clears throat> all right. Should we get into some of these other names here, AJ? I know you said we got through most of the forwards.
1: Um, yeah, I would, I would say most of the forwards that I, I, I'm just kind of like dismiss, 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 dismiss
0: yeah. outside of,
1: outside of Toffoli. I don't think any of those guys are actually interesting conversations. There are two that really stand yep. out to me as real conversations. Yep. Like Christian Dvorak is not like, if he was healthy,
0: not I like Christian Dvorak, point. but he's not going anywhere. Yeah. They, yeah. uh, yeah, he's not going anywhere. So. The two that are interesting, would you rather start with McKinnon or Druin?
1: Uh, we can start with Jonathan Duran because we we've been like dunking on the idea of oh, reunite Duran and McKinnon for years. Yeah. Like every year at the trade deadline, you have people who are like, oh, they should they should go and get Duran and put him back with McKinnon. It worked in Junior. <laughs> and it's been one of the more annoying like Kicks. narratives that would not seem to die. And for the first time
0: ever this year, I'm like, no, that's the take. It's time. Now, granted, Druin is currently out with an upper body injury. It's not exactly clear when he's going to be back. But assuming health, I really do think he's a really good fit for this hockey team this year. I, I don't know that you're necessarily directly reuniting him with McKinnon. I think he's probably more of a dude that you drop in on the second line. But. Either way, I do think, be, uh, yeah, no, that, this is the
1: thing is like you're reuniting him with McKinnon in that you're they're on the same team, I yes, guess, but that's the end of that. They're <laughs> on the same team, yeah, <laughs> they're not gonna be playing together, uh, unless you decide to put Duran on your top power play, which this year, why would you? Yeah, working pretty that okay. It is good <laughs>
0: and it's doing a good job, you don't need to mess with it. Yep, so. Uh, it's an interesting conversation, just because I think in a lot of ways he does fit the bill, uh, in the same way that a guy like a Claude Giroux can fit that bill for you, someone who's going to operate more as a facilitator than a goal scorer, but you throw that guy with a Burkoski or Kadri, and that makes a ton of sense. So, and
1: and the thing is though is that if. You have to you have to find a role for him because defensively he hasn't gotten any better, definitely um, not appreciably better. But it's really just like, um, it's really it's really just like if you put him on the left side next to Kadri and Burakovsky as the playmaker next to two shooters, you see the fit. Yep. It's obvious, right? The appeal there is really obvious. Um, and then you move Nechushkin down to play with Newhook and whoever you put on the right side between Comfer, Abe Kubel, and Logan O'Connor. Pick your favorite. And Suddenly it, you have a plethora of options that you don't hate or yep. love. Yep. Um, assuming none of those guys go back in a Duran deal. Sure. I have no and, and this the other part of this conversation I have no idea what that yeah, cost would be.
0: We're not really getting into price on this show. Yeah, if that's for the future.
1: It's and and also like Duran is one where it's like I genuinely I just don't really know what is he what, valued over there? Yeah. Right. Like he's broken the 50 point mark twice in his career. Um this year, you know, between between injuries and uh Illnesses and, and taking personal leaves. He hasn't played very much hockey in the last three years. Yep. Like he's played like a hundred games in three years. Uh he didn't play at all in their playoff run last year. So I mean it's it's really just not it's been inconsistent for sure. So. Yeah, like so you're talking about an unreliable presence in your lineup, is what I'm saying. So I don't think that the price here should be exorbitant. Uh, The name is bigger than the reputation or or the reality at this point uh, of him as a player in the NHL. He's probably overpaid a little bit. Um, But you're talking about like a guy that he hasn't been as bad defensively as in previous years where he was like, holy smokes. Um, It was a great game.
0: Women's hockey rules. Watch more of it, please. Can confirm. But, you know, at least the better team won. Okay. Um, <laughs> and
1: uh, anyway, um, God, I'm gonna have to get rid of you after the show. You're you're dying. You're dying, and you're talking trash.
0: All right. Look, one of you, one of us has to be on your fiance's good books. All right. Okay, we know, we know it's not gonna be you. So, it's, it's fair enough. <laughs> so
1: anyway, with uh, with Duran, like I think there's, I think it's an interesting conversation. Only signed for the one more year at five point five million. You basically get a free look, and he's only 26 years old. So, uh and he turns 27 next month. So that means that he'll get to free agency next year at 28 years old. You don't, you know, you don't need, um, you don't need to make a big commitment here. You yep. get like a one-year, hey, we're going to get to see what he looks like. And again,
0: this is kind of your Burakovsky, like, replacement. I think. To a T that second year is a Burakovsky replacement. Yeah. Uh, you run a line of what would probably be new hook. Drew yeah. in, and assuming Nachushkin comes back, but yeah, we'll see. I mean, we'll that's see. for but the I, future for
1: sure. Yeah. But that's definitely, that's like, that's where you're starting. Yeah. Um, and you're, you're intrigued by that. You're like, okay, this could be interesting. Um, the other guy, the other guy, not as interesting uh in terms of the high end. Arturi Lekanen is a guy that the abs have had interest in before. And I always tell you the, anytime that the have have interest in a guy, they always circle keep him on the list yep. forever. Yep. Because they, they
0: will wait for a long time. If they have to, they will wait. Well, and the thing about Lekanen that's interesting is one, he's an RFA so they can have that conversation at the end of the year, but two for this year, he's only 2.3 million on the cap. It's, not someone that they have to do a lot of bending into knots to make the money work for.
1: For sure, especially at, at the deadline. Yep. Um, Yeah, so – and and you're talking about a guy that doesn't really give you any kind of meaningful offense. He's a 30-point guy. Yep. A 30-ish point guy. So you're talking about a bottom – he's a hard bottom six guy. Uh, He does not – he's not a center. He does not do – he's not going to help you there. I'm gonna help you there, which is why I'm kind of lukewarm on the idea.
0: Yeah, I that's agree.
1: just not where Colorado needs much help.
0: You're you're min maxing a spot that doesn't need a whole lot of min maxing on the yeah. roster. Because look at
1: those look at those look at Colorado's bottom six wings. Yep. Uh and you're you're talking um,
0: Confer O'Connor, yeah, Confer
1: O'Connor, Abe Kubel, maybe Jost, um, maybe Darren Helm. Um, if they go and get a bigger name, maybe Nachushkin drops back down
0: into that group. Uh, well, and that's and where the just... bigger name starts to make sense, right? When you're when you're replacing Darren Helm with Arturi Leikkanen. You're just not making your team that much better, right? Even if you are making yeah. it better, it's minimal. you're
1: definitely better with, with Lekan in there. Um I agree. because he's he he does stylistically, unlike with the Tyler Toffoli, uh stylistically Lekanen can fly. Uh so he's he just fits your natural identity a lot better. And like the idea of putting him on a PK next to Logan O'Connor, you're kind of like nice. That's hellacious, and then you throw Jost with Najushkin out there, and you're like, "Cool, now if you really need somebody to win you a face-off, that's what you have Nazem Kadri for, and that's really the only other guy, right?" Yep. Um, and then you throw you throw Newhook out there. Yep, like those are your six PK guys that you're that you're living and dying with in that in that spot. And I like I like that idea. I think that's interesting, uh, but I just don't I don't know that. Does it really move the needle? Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't know that another wing, uh, it does help that he can play both sides. Like then he's comfortable playing both sides. He's not like a hard, like this guy will only play on the left for you, but I, I'm just, it's just sort of a, eh, yeah. Because then you get to the end of the year and then you're, he is a, he is an RFA. So you probably will qualify him and bring him back. And then I just don't, I don't know how much better he makes you. I don't, it's not a bad.
0: Well, well, and that's like, not a bad end. If this was like your for a fourth round pick, like it was with right. Nemesnikov, like dude, yes, it it, it dep- it's going to depend on price. You know, if, if if you can get him for cheap, yeah. great. He will make you a little bit better. If they want a if, second round pick for the guy. The answer is on. no.
1: Yeah, like then 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 the answer is no. If it's a fourth round pick, yes. If it's and obviously you settle somewhere in the third. You're you, you with a third round pick, and you're just kind of like, eh. You live with it, yeah. That's probably the right price because I'm uncomfortable with it, but I don't hate it, and... That's how you know you're day. in the zone, yeah. Yeah. So, is that enough for Montreal to want to do it? If they get, a like, a late third? No.
0: I don't think so. Not Not for an RFA, right? But, anyway...
1: Yeah, it really just kind of depends on how much they really want to, like, burn this down and try and read. Right, re- how, how deep play.
0: are they going to dig it out, for sure.
1: So, uh, he, yeah, we can totally have the Drew or Pavelski conversation for, like, the 17th time already.
0: I'm sure we will on a later show. Maybe not this week, but we'll talk about him. Don't worry. We'll talk about him a lot over the next yeah month and a half.
1: I mean, we've already talked about him a yeah. lot, and we're just going to yeah do
0: it more. Yeah. Um, yeah, they're not of- trading
1: training Sam Gerard fan
0: a couple of defensemen on this Montreal team too. the three actually interesting ones. You see Ben Chirot uh, and Brett Kulak. And then of course, Jeff Petrie at the top of that list.
1: So I just, I always, I always uh, love this um, with Brett Kulak because I talked to, I talked to an NHL scout a couple of years ago when Kulak was just really starting to break into the league. Uh, and like they were convinced that Brett Kulak was going to be like the truth with Calgary.
0: Yeah. And like, work out,
1: <laughs> and like the, it was like, this guy is Chris Tanev all over again, yeah. <laughs> you know, like not like, not like an incredible NHL player, but like this really good physical defensive defenseman that, that doesn't do much offensively, but elevates, uh, elevates and blah, 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 blah. Right. Like he's, he's so, he's so yeah. solid defensively. And, like, Brett Kuglach's had, like, a fine career. Like, no
0: bones, He's right? He's a it, pretty it's fine. dime a dozen defensemen in the NHL.
1: And it just hasn't really – it has just hasn't gone that way. But, like, then you go and you look at his analytics
0: and you're like, mm. Interesting. <laughs> All right. Cool. It, it works. It's only on this. It's yep. not the worst.
1: It's not the worst thing uh, for them to do. I, I don't love it uh, because you just – The one thing that you have to do in Colorado is you have to have puck skill. Um, You just have to be able to move pucks the right direction for sure. And and, you know, like you look at like an Ian Cole right now where you're like, dude, was Ian Cole like a high end puck mover? And like, of course not, but he was competent. It was functional. Yeah. Right. Like he was competent. You did not, you did not get the butt pucker every single time (laughs) you got the puck. Yeah. Where you were just like, Oh Jesus, good God. What's about to happen. Right. Like, (laughs) he he made plenty of mistakes but guys of that archetype of course do but you have to be able to move a puck at some, in in some fashion uh somebody asked me uh, uh about romanov earlier and no <laughs> I, I if i'm montreal i don't why would no you know yeah uh, there's no interest in that uh yeah i i would would definitely take kulak over Chirat, though so Ben Sharat has, I don't know, I don't know, like last year when uh, we were pushing the IFALO thing for meme reasons, reasons. <laughs> like we were just being, we were just having fun. <laughs> uh, the Ben Sharat thing is, I genuinely don't understand why
0: so many people are interested in he- it. I all these trade bait boards have him in like the top five. And every time I see that, I like, Oh, why is, why is this? I'm going to go look all of his numbers are bad. Well, and it's like, they're not, they're not
1: bad. Like, I'm not looking <laughs> at a like, bad, oh my God, this guy's
0: a disaster. It's just like, I don't know. I, I think they're kind of bad.
1: <laughs> it's, I just don't, I don't understand why, Why people are so into the idea of him?
0: Like I, uh, I get that he's, yeah.
1: Well, like I get that he's a a pending UFA, and that he won't, in theory anyway, he won't cost a whole lot. Sure, but like you go and you look up his, uh, you go and you look up his analytics, and you look at his impacts, and you look at everything, and you're just like, a couple of years ago, maybe. Yep. Like this version of him, though, is not good, fam. Like, what are we doing here? Yeah, he, I, I agree. He's, he's bad. I don't know. Like, if you're like, oh, is he, is he better than Curtis McDermott as a defenseman? Yeah. That's a low bar. Is he better than, is he any better than Jack Johnson or Ryan Murray?
0: No. It it does feel a little bit like the symptom of, Canadian, I've heard of him. Canadian team guy that they don't want that they throw into every trade, right? The dude that gets thrown in, like the Avs with JT Confer where every trade, everyone's like, I ah, just throw in JT Confer. Yeah. That's what it feels like. With I, I mean, you and I do that
1: because we understand that the abs just, have just to the move money. money. Yeah. JT Confers
0: not... it should just be dollar
1: signs in every trade. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like it's like JT Converse contract. It's nothing about the player whatsoever. Right. So um, uh, it's like okay. Um whatever, right? It it doesn't the other the other guy is Jeff Petrie, who has really interesting underlyings because um his underlying numbers have always been pretty good. He's having a nightmare of a season.
0: Well, and six and a quarter for another three years. And this is,
1: this is the real conversation is Jeff Petrie is 34 years old. Yep. Uh, just turned 34 and he has three more years at 6.25. So the answer is really no. Like there's just not even certainly straight up. It's not functional. Yeah. It's not really a conversation. Um, Unless the unless they are getting creative, to say the least, taking all like they would have to retain the max amount. So they'd have to retain three point one, two five or just like three would be fine. Yeah. But even then you're talking about for three more years um as he gets into his 30s, like deep into his 30s.
0: Yeah, it's going to get real sketchy at the end of that deal. I don't think there's any doubt about that. So,
1: like Jeff Petrie's had a nightmare of a season. I don't think he's anywhere as bad as he has been this year. But the question is: is, is uh, at three million dollars, I'd be a lot more interested. Sure,
0: it's not. He doesn't have to be a stud defenseman at three million dollars for you.
1: This is also this is also tied heavily to the Bowen Byram conversation for sure. What's the status of Bowen Byram on March twentieth? Yep. Because if you're in the same position that you're in now, I'm more interested if he's back or if there are if there are enough encouraging signs that you're saying, you know, he might be back this year or we definitely feel good that he will be back next year. It's a lot tougher of a sell for me. But if it's still a total unknown and you're just like, he may never play again kind of thing, then you start planning, you know, you start making a move for the
0: future. And that's I know we're, we're closer than we were, but that's still one where you're looking at it and you're going, let's maybe hold off until you get closer to the deadline on start starting to make decisions like that. So you have a better picture of where someone like Byram is at this year.
1: You know, if Ben Sherratt was their best defenseman in the final series that they got smoked in, that's not the case that you
0: think it is. That's that's like saying Connor Timmons was the Av's best defenseman in the Vegas series, <laughs> like, right? Just means the team was a garbage <laughs> like.
1: You remember they got worked in that series.
0: <laughs> um, anyway, I do think the, the Petrie conversation is interesting, but we do want to save some of that for either later this week or next week. And there isn't really anybody like Chris Weidman. No. No, not, I'm I, not having this I didn't even bring him up cuz I was like the rest of these defensemen just are irrelevant for one reason or another. Um so, yeah, we'll see. Just want to want to take a look at Montreal is obviously this is a team that pretty much everyone in the league is going to be trying to vulture on a little bit I would think at this trade deadline. Uh we'll we'll see how everything shakes out, but any any final thoughts here on Montreal AJ?
1: You gotta make your phone calls. Uh if I'm if I'm Kent Hughes, I'm aggressively trying to
0: move, move everything. On. <laughs>
1: yeah. I I I mean I'm if I'm Kent Hughes, I'm trying to I'm I'm open to Brendan Gallagher. Yeah. Uh and if Brendan and if Brendan Gallagher uh is uh obviously if there's if that conversation is allowed to be had, I'm making that call. Absolutely of course you are. Of course you are, yeah. But that's it. All uh, right. So like fire sale it. Yeah. Uh, they should be they should be aggressively looking to uh, get the young guys to turn over turn over their roster to the young guys. Of these all their high paid guys that are 29, 30 years old, they need to move. Get on. them out.
0: Yep. All right. I think that's a good place to end the conversation. So thank you for hanging out with us chat. We appreciate all of y'all a ton. However, you consume the podcast. We're back tomorrow, back into the swing of things. Pre-game, post-game, ABS are playing hockey. So we hope to see you for those shows. Until then, we will talk to you all on the next one.